Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jason, you're very busy. We appreciate taking the time to come on with us today. No problem. What's going on, guys? Well, we got a variety of things that first let maybe that don't involve the Super Bowl. What's the latest on this uh, Raider story? Je- Sheldon Adelson pulled out with, I guess, $650 <laughs> million worth of financing. Now we're hearing that a possible landing spot, and it's a long way from happening, could be San Diego. I, there are a lot of moving parts no, in the story. That's not happening. That's, that's San Diego's dream because they're embarrassed that they lost the Chargers. But you know, I'll go through it. The $375 million that San Diego has, quote-unquote, on the table for this, you know, $275 million of that is subject to votes. Um, that won't happen until November of 2018. Another $100 million of that is subject to a donation that has to come from San Diego State that's either straight donations from San Diego State alums or, like, um, an appropriation that has to come from the state of California education system, a state that's run by Governor Jerry Brown, who's adamantly against giving money mm. to professional sports teams. So that's kind of a joke. And then the other thing is the NFL is not allowing a third team in the Southern California area. So San Diego is out of luck for quite some time. Yeah, they're not going to get the Raiders. As for Sheldon Adelson and this whole thing, look, not only did Sheldon Adelson pull out of this deal, and not only did Goldman Sachs pull out of this deal, but Adelson basically made the Raiders' uh, name mud in Vegas by basically saying he doesn't trust them anymore. And by doing that, you basically said to everybody in Vegas, don't do business with these guys. Don't take part in anything with these guys. Stay away from them. I think it's effectively killed the, the whole idea of the Raiders going to Las Vegas. And so the Raiders are now in a, in a complete scramble mold. Wow. That, that, that is just unreal. Unreal. Um Jason, don't mess with a man who's worth thirty-five billion dollars. That's yeah, that's that, the lesson. I think that, that that's a lesson that didn't need reinforcing, but it was reinforced right now. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's, yeah, um, Jason, the Super Bowl. What what do you think is going to be the biggest storyline of the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I think to the non-football fan, it might be Brady Goodell, and and to the football fan, it might actually be the number one football? scoring offense against the number one scoring defense. What, what do you think? Oh, I think the, the great challenge of this one is the, the Falcons receiving core, led by Julio Jones, but including Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel. Because I was, look, I always think about football first. Uh, against that secondary, you know, how is the New England secondary going to slow those guys down? And, and it's not just the three receivers. They have other weapons. I mean, DeMarco out of the backfield as a fullback is a good receiver. Austin Hooper is a tight end is a good receiver. Kevin Coleman is a really good receiver. Devontae Adams is not Devontae Adams. Devontae Freeman. Freeman is pretty good. So they have a collection of guys that you have to stop. But it starts with what do you do to Julio Jones? Are you going to put Logan Ryan on him to you know be physical? Or are you going to then switch Malcolm Butler on him? Or are you going to think about Devin McCourty? Can, can you do the same thing they did to Antonio Brown? I know Julio is bigger no, no, and more physical. Different kind of guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, Antonio's, you know, Antonio's a, a sort of small, scattish right. receiver who's going to, you know, run around. He's not going to be physical. Right. Julio Jones. He'll run Julio Jones him. wants to. Oh, he he wants to kick your yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all up and down the field. So and he will. And yeah. so you can't single cover him. You're going to have to double and be physical with him. It's it's a much different assignment than Antonio Brown because they're completely different receivers. You've got the top-scoring offense, I think the eighth top-scoring offense of all time against the number-one-ranked scoring defense. And and I know you're saying how dangerous, how, how perilous it's going to be to cover Julio Jones and, and the other receivers and, and the running backs on this team. And yet, for, why do you think that – I think it's five times in the past the top-ranked offense faced the top-ranked defense, and the defense came up uh, victorious. Well, because in these games, basically defense is allowed to be much more physical – and you can slow, you can slow an offense down. Like the the prototypical example was the Rams in the 2001 season, that Super Bowl against the Patriots, when the Patriots were so physical. Because essentially, refs in the postseason they don't want to call a bunch of fouls. They don't want to call a bunch of pass interference calls and defensive holds. It's not like the regular season when it's all about fantasy football. In the postseason, it's much more about let the players determine the outcome of the game. And so. That's why defense tends to win in these kinds of situations. But I think that this one's a little different because as look, as, as sound as the Patriots are, you know, in terms of, you know, scoring, you know, scoring defense, they don't have a lot of guys in the front seven who scare you. You know, Dante Howard Tower is a really good player. Landon Roberts good. But, you know, they like they're not bringing Von Miller or, you know, Eric Wolf or, um, you know, any of the, any of the um, three or four guys that, uh, you know, Demarcus Ware that that Denver was bringing in their fr- in their front seven a year ago. So to me, this is not quite that kind of setup. I think New England is a defense that is more set on look. The offense jumps out to a seven or ten nothing lead. They play really good coverage because they're really good in the back end again with McCordy and Ryan and Butler and Eric Rowe. Um, and they're constantly playing from lead, and they and they also they play a lot of weaker scoring teams throughout the season. They just didn't. They had a kind of a fluky year, so I think this is one where the Falcons have a whole lot better chance than some of those previous matchups that we've talked about. Jason, uh, let's talk quarterbacks because we have to talk quarterbacks always. Well, you, you know it's it's the NFL. It's the NFL, Jason. We got to talk mm-hmm. quarterback. Um, yep. Who has to do the most work? for their team to be successful? Because you mentioned all the weapons that, that Matt Ryan has around him, but you also look, and, and and probably Brady has probably done the least work in recent memory, right? Because you, you have had the, the, the running game, Deion Lewis, James White, LeGarrett Blunt, and you have had that scoring defense. So which quarterback has to work harder to have a Super Bowl championship on Sunday? Well, I think it's Matt Ryan. I mean, he's got more help, but they're going to put more of the offense on him. And also, I would say he does have the weaker defense. So he's going to have to cover for a defense that's going to allow some points. Now, I think that Dan Quinn's going to come out and basically tell his front four, look, if LeGarrette Blunt burns us a few times, we'll live with it. But make sure that you make Tom Brady uncomfortable. Don't do what the Steelers did to Tom Brady. Um you know, get in his head, get in, you know, get and, in front and, of him, pound him. Jason, how, how do you do that? Because we know Brady gets that ball out very quickly. How how do you make him uncomfortable? Well, you, just turn, you just turn him loose. You just say, look, it's everything about it. It's, it's what the Giants did. I mean, no, yeah. they don't have the kind of talent that the Giants did. They don't have the kind of talent that Denver did last year in the AFC Championship game. But there's only one way, and everybody knows it. 
you have to get to him. You have to get hit him. You have to hit him a lot. You have to make him uncomfortable. You have to get his feet jittery. He's a 39-year-old quarterback. This is not rocket science. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if I'm Dan Quinn, I'd say go get him. And, hey, Matt, we might give up a couple of quick scores. We might get hit up. Right. You better be damn good. Right. Yeah, we better because we got a score, dude, right. and that's the way it's going to be. We might be down ten nothing, hang in there. We might even be down seventeen nothing if we get hit a couple of times. Hang in there and get us some scores because we need it, and we're going to need it all game long. Jason, on the way out, we're joined by Jason Cole, Bleacher Report. Sixth time you're in the room uh, as a Hall of Fame voter. I know you can't reveal state secrets in there, but the, you know Jason Taylor is one of the finalists up here. Uh-huh. How contentious, if at all, do things get in there among 46 very well-informed informed voters? So that was asking the question. Don't reveal any secrets. Well, just but then in reveal general. Secrets, which I like. Which I like. <laughs> that, that was a great reporter question. I have done that so many times. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it gets contentious. I mean, last year with, with Terrell Owens, it was contentious. It was a long, drawn-out process. This year... With Paul Taglibu, I think it's going to get contentious. Um, our model, it's been contentious. You know, other guys. Now, not every player is. I mean, we're talking about, you know, look, overwhelmingly, the statements that are going to be made by the 15, you know, in regards to the 15 players, the one contributor, or I shouldn't say players, the 15 modern era finalists. Right. You know, which includes Don Coriel and the two contributors, Jerry Jones mm-hmm. and and Paul Tagliabue, I mean, overwhelmingly, you're going to say positive things about these people because they had great positive contributions to the game. So, you know, right. you know, 90% of it's complimentary, but 10% of it, yeah. There's some arguments about, you know, there's a reason why we should maybe keep some of these guys out um, and why we should give it a second thought and why we shouldn't be just so ready to jump in and say, yeah, let's put this guy in. So, yeah, it can get testy, and, and it's a long day. It's a long and exhausting day. It's about 10 hours in that room. Uh, it's a hell and, of a food spread in that room. I mean, if you guys are in there for 10 yeah, hours. Yeah, the, pretty, the food's pretty good. <laughs> I will say that. Um, you know, not, you know, it's not a gourmet meal, but they're, they're feeding us okay. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's long and hard, and I think it's a, it's a really cool process. And I expect that, you know, my guess is that Jason Taylor probably makes the top 10. Right. Whether he makes the final five and gets voted in is kind of a flip of the coin, uh, but you know he's like he's a Hall of Fame player. I don't think the question it's not a question of if right. it's a question of when. Right. And so is is he a first ballot guy? That that might be a tough argument this year. I think that Ladainian Tomlinson is clearly going to be one. I think Kurt Warner's got a pretty good case on his part. And then the last three positions out of those fifteen are going to be a really difficult decision for the group. Well, you know, they should just allow no bathroom breaks until it's all decided. So, <laughs> Jason, thank you for taking the time. We know you're very busy this week. Thanks for taking the time to come on. No problem. Man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.